0: This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when you woke up this morning, you were saying, I'm tired of this cold, amen? <laughs> Some of you are saying, I stay in Texas because it's supposed to be hot ten months out of the year. Well, you know what? In three months, when it starts getting hot again, don't you complain now. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Anyway, it is so good to see each and every one of you this morning. If you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you, ask you to fill out the little visiting card you'll find in front of you, place an offering place that comes around so we can have a your visit. We'd greatly appreciate that. If you're also joining us online this morning, we want to encourage you to come and experience what God is doing right here in the sanctuary, Roberts Avenue Baptist Church. We also want to welcome you and ask you to be a part of what God is doing with us here in the sanctuary. And speaking of that, I want to share with you a little bit about what's happening at Roberts Avenue Baptist Church tonight. We have a very special uh, opportunity right after services today. I said tonight. But right after services today, we have the ability to go to an open house. And that open house is at our Hope Pregnancy just down the road, right there on the corner of Robertson Avenue and Veterans, right there at the four-way stop. You can turn left, right inside that uh, little parking lot right there and go and say hello to those wonderful staff members at Hope Pregnancy. And I hope you get a chance to do that today. They're going to be open from 12 to 2 for that open house, so be a part of that. Betsy and I are going to go right after services, If you can join me in that, and come and pray with them, support them, let them know they're loved and they're prayed for, and get ready for what they're about to do. And let me tell you something, they're getting ready for their Celebration of Life banquet, and I happen to know who the guest speaker is, and some of you may do as well, and I want to tell you, get ready, because he's going to knock your socks off. You don't want to miss that. You're going to want to be a part of that, so that uh, particular service is going to be great. So get a chance and go and visit them with me today, right after services. Also today at 4:30 for the we have cantata practice today. Cantata practice at 4:30 in the choir room. So come be a part of that as well. Followed by our evening services at 6 p.m. Tomorrow, though, a wonderful study is starting called "Why Is That in the Bible?" We're going to take a look at some of those questions that we have on some of those things that are in the Bible. And you might be saying, why is that in the Bible? No one can answer them before. We're going to look at them critically. We're going to, and when I say critically, that doesn't mean we're going to criticize the Bible. We're going to look at why they're there contextually. And we're going to take a uh, answer of that, take a crack at answering that anyways. We'll have a lot of fun with that. It'll be six to seven. No books are needed. We're going to go over several different topics of why that's in the Bible. I want to invite you to that. Come be a part of that. It's going to be in the fellowship hall from six to seven, starting tomorrow night. So come be a part of that. In the meantime, you probably noticed that we have several things starting out in our youth group. So please be a part of that as well. Support them in prayer. Support them financially. They need your help with that. The youth are having a fundraiser coming up on February 9th at 6 p.m., that's going to be $10 a plate. And I understand the plate's going to be chicken parmesan. And so uh, we need to come be a part of that. It's going to be called their, their Live, Laugh, and Love fundraiser. They're going to put on that Italian dinner. They're going to have a little game during the dinner uh, called How Well Do You Know Your Boo? And they're going to follow through the evening with a Christian comedian so on TV. And that's going to be a lot of fun there. In it, Uh, let me tell you I've seen the comedian and it is worth being a part of. So come and join us in that. Support your youth group because they're going to use that fundraiser to get to winter camp. They'll be going out to winter camp at the end of February. So please be in prayer for them and end that. Also probably noticed that the ladies are having a joy-overflowing luncheon coming up on February 24th, 11 a.m. in the social Hall, and there will be some more details coming out about that, so you can get with Melissa Allen about that, and you can get with our ladies ministry leader, Brenda Titus, when she's available, and they can give you some more details on that. All right. With that being said, I want to remind you that the singles have, again, night coming up on January 27th. Him. You can get to sister, Stephanie, maybe for more information on that. And uh, she has gotten to me and said, I need you to make an announcement about the library. And the library is in need of two items. So if you have these items, you can bless your Ronald's friends at the library by bringing these in for her. And what are those things that she needs? She needs pool noodles. I don't know why she needs pool noodles, but I, I told her you can't beat people for not bringing the books back. So... <laughs> So she's asking for pool noodles. They're going to play something with that or do something with that in one of their outreaches. So uh, if you've got some pool noodles you'd like to donate to the library, some old ones you want to get rid of, let her know. She's also asking for CD cases, compact disc cases. So if some of you have some of those, Stephanie needs those as well. So you can bring those in there. She would greatly appreciate that. All right, I also want to remind you that the youth soda machine, which is back there in the hallway, been out of sodas for a little while will be restocked this week. So if you are a supporter of your YouTube through that soda machine, that will be restocked this week. So thank you for your patience in that as we get that thing back up and back running. It's uh, sometimes hard to work on, so thank you for your patience that. All right. Unless there's any other announcements that I've forgotten, and there may be one. Yes, ma'am. Oh, thank you, Sister Esther. February 17th. We've got something amazing coming up. You want to be a part of this. It's going to be a chili cook-off Robertson Avenue Baptist Church is going to support Operation Christmas Child Shipping and so you want to put your chili to the test? I'm going to help you judge it. Amen? So you bring it, I'll help you eat it. And so that'll be February 17th. I see a hand in the back. Yes, ma'am. Support your library, support Operation Christmas Child, and support your youth groups They get ready on that. Meantime, church, some of you may know that we've been planning an outreach trip. That outreach trip is going to go to Michigan this year. And so we're going to be going at the end of July. And we're going to be going to a place called Northfield Hills. It's actually in Troy, Michigan. And so if you're interested in it, I want to take about 10 to maybe 15 people with me. We're going to be putting on a vacation Bible school. Hopefully if things work out in the evening times. We'll be putting on an evening revival as well. So start praying about that. We're going to put together some committees about that here very, very, very soon. If you're interested in being a part of that, please get with the office and let me know about that. In the meantime, start praying about it, supporting us in that, as we go to help out a sister church in Michigan with their Vacation Bible School and then possibly Revival So An interesting mission trip, opportunity. We're going to drive down there instead of fly this year. and. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun, and so we're looking at hotel rooms. We're looking at eating expenses and things of that nature, gasoline, and, of course, uh, anything else that may come up here. So personally, consider being a part of that, supporting that, as we reach out to Northfield Hills Baptist Church in Troy, Michigan. Pastor will catch a friend there, and contacted us. wonderful, wonderful man of God, and uh, I have a very long relationship with him, so a very good man. And so I'm very excited and very pleased to be a part what God is doing and is. All right. Is there another announcement I may have forgotten? Are you sure? Going once? Twice? Right. All right. So, <laughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, would you please rise and welcome one another. Father God, we'll oh, have we come to you now in Jesus' name. And we want to thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. This truly is the day that you have made, Lord. I'm asking you, Father God, help us rejoice and be glad in it. Help us worship you, Lord. Help us lay down our cares, our concerns, or anything that would come between us and you. And help us, Lord God, to give you praise and honor and glory and to lift up and exalt your holy and righteous name. I also pray, Father, that you. you need to come to know this person, Lord or anyone, Lord God, that needs to come to know you, that today you that day. I pray for our church members that are out traveling. I pray, Lord, for our church members that are putting on presentations right now. You be with them, Lord God, and enlighten them. And I pray, Lord, for the church members that are homesick. Lord, and the one that's in ER right now. I ask you, Father God, to be down and bless that family. Let them know You're with them. You will never leave them nor forsake them. Lord, and I ask you now to go with us now to our time of worship. Be glorified. Be magnified. Be lifted up on high. For we give You the praise, the honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Please rise and welcome one another. Oh what a beautiful song. It is a beautiful Yeah. What a beautiful song. Oh
1: that is it. Where's mine? Amen. <laughs> Welcome home. Welcome home. That's a one. Yes, sir. In July, in the beginning of July In <laughs> July. I'm
0: gonna talk to Miss Esther about that. I'm sorry, Adam would Hi sweetheart, how are you doing? Good to see you, God bless
1: you. When that plate comes around, that's where you
0: put it at, okay? making your way back to your seats so we can continue on with our service. We'd greatly appreciate that.
2: brought it up I'm going to-
3: I'm church.
1: Thank you. Darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in this good name. Amen. Thank
0: you, Sister Son. you ministered to me. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Glenn. Thank you. How do you follow our God reigns and the goodness of God? <laughs> have a hard time finding First Kings, you open your Old Testament, you'll find somewhere in the middle, Psalms, go back to the left. You'll come across Chronicles and you'll come into Kings. You go into Samuel, the Samuel, which you far. First Kings one Of you this morning, I want you to know that you can to head, one of you. you prayed for my name, you and your family prayed for it every day. I hope the Lord's message is the broken heart. To be all with you, we're not going to focus a lot on all of you. we're going to focus a little bit on spiritual warfare, which I believe, and I'm going to go ahead and lay it out there for you. I believe that the Christian church is going to face spiritual warfare in the year 2024 like we've never seen before. Some of you I may say, I'm talking about things a little cozy and happy. Yeah, no, that's when spiritual warfare happens. I believe we're going to face spiritual warfare, and I want you to be prepared for it. In my prayer time and in my contemplation and reflection, what comes up is spiritual warfare for the year 2024. Please be prepared for it. The next couple sermons I'm going to give you is about how you can prepare for that. Some of you have been asking me that throughout the years. What about spiritual warfare? See, we like to think of spiritual warfare as us putting on some boxing gloves and getting in a ring with a demon. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Ask the seven sons of Skabbat. Who thought they could get into a room with a with a demon possessed guy and talk him out of leaving somebody? Wrong. He whipped all seven of those boys. I'll tell you something. You can't do anything on your own. You never could. It's always been about God. Broken altar is all about coming back to God. 14, chapter 18. Let's read verses 20 to 21. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two kingdoms? If the Lord is God, follow Him, but if Baal, follow Him. But the people answer to Him, not a word. Let's go to the Lord's place. Our Father who art in heaven, we come to you now. Jesus, man, Lord God, we look into Your Word and ask Him to speak. Your Word is indeed quick and it is powerful and it is that we need to So I pray right now. place us back on the path of righteousness all And I pray You I had a moment of revival while writing this message. Well, got in my office when I wrote this message. I was actually in my truck. Getting the air put in my tires. <laughs> so, you know, the weather has caused just about everybody's monitor system to show you that little yellow light down there. My truck is not one of those that just gives you the yellow light that's you about to do yourself. So everything on it says, you better get some air in your tire. I and mean, it reminds you every seven seconds. It's annoying. So I got tired of hearing it dinging, and I had a few moments, at the the of the day before I to pick up my voice. So I left the office a little bit early and drove over there and had air put in my tire. And as I was there in line I began concentrating on the prophet Eliyahu, Elijah. The more I thought on the prophet Eliyahu, the more his actions became real in the matter of the subject that we're going to talk about. It's called the broken altar. 1 Kings 18 is the story of Elijah and Elijah contest on Mount Carmel, and I'm not going to read the whole story. It's a long and wonderful story. It is not boring. Some of you say, the Bible is boring. Well, I don't know what you're reading. The Bible is not boring. It's anything but boring. It is fascinating. It is filled with facts. It is filled with funny. It la- you, makes you laugh if you know what you're reading. It also make you cry. I have never once have opened it and not been Never once, never once, never once have I been co- not corrected when I read through it. To always say, you need to do this better. You need to be more serious about what you're doing. The commitment you made, you're not living up to. And let me tell you, the Word of God is alive. lie. Amen. It's not speaking to you like that. You're not reading it, you're perusing it. You need to read it. 1 Kings 18 is about. The prophet Elijah, he has been through some trying times. He's a picture. He's a picture, as we know, from the New Testament of John the Baptist. We know that prophet Elijah gets himself into serious issues of, well, let me rephrase that, God puts him into serious issues. And on top of that, he ends up in this contest on Mount Carmel where he has prophets of Baal. Now, when we say the prophets of Baal, a lot of times we like to think of Baal being just one one God. Baal is a generic term. It's usually plural. Baalim, meaning a whole bunch of gods. Molech was in there. A bunch of other gods are in there.
1: So Baal or Balaam were a whole tucker
0: A baskin robin of flavors of God. true. So when you say Baal, like remember when the Israelites worshipped the golden calf, that was a 1 Kings 18 is about the prophets of Baal. There are 450 of them. And one, just one, the prophet of Jehovah. Then I'll tell you something right now. Then I'll give you some courage. Now you might be sitting right now at home and I want you to listen to me closely. You might be sitting in the pew this morning and you're saying, God has forsaken me, and God is not listening to me, and I feel so alone and so discouraged. Well, that is what this message is all about this morning. You might be sitting there in a few saying, I don't feel like I belong with anybody in what God is doing. And you know something? You're not the first person to ever feel that way. I want to introduce you to the prophet Elijah. Elijah had what we theologians call the Elijah Complex. What is the Elijah Complex? Poor, poor, pitiful me. Do you have that this morning? Have you been saying that for the last couple of years? Oh, nobody knows my pain. Oh, nobody knows my pain. You might as well start singing. Nobody knows. Yeah. (laughs) You actually sang with me today. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I love starting out a sermon with something funny. So let me share with you a funny story this morning. I bet a lot of you grew up watching some of the same television shows I did. I bet a lot of you grew up reading some of the same books I read. And one of the books that I used to read was Sherlock Holmes. Y'all remember Sherlock Holmes? Talk to Sherlock Holmes and today's kids, and most of them are like, who's that? Sherlock Holmes was an amazing detective. He would go around, and he had that funny hat. I probably get that funny hat for the detectives. He had that he had magnifying glass, and he always had one big eye. And he was looking through the magnifying glass, looking for clues and following the blue footprints. Y'all remember that? Sherlock Holmes. Well, one day Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson were on the trail of a suspect, and they ended up out in the wilderness somewhere in England. And as they were on the trail, they had to stay in a tent for the night. And they put up their tent and they got ready to go to sleep. They lay down beside each other. Doctor Watson looked over at Sherlock Holmes and said, "Good night, my esteemed colleague and friend." Dr. Watson said, Sleep tight, my wonderful companion of the Of course, fake with Sherlock Holmes has ever been a man and probably a badass. He snored all night long. That caused Dr. Watson to wake up. And as he woke up, he noticed that he could do something. He then reached over and began shaking Sherlock Holmes. And he said, Mr. Holmes, Sherlock Holmes, wake up! And Sherlock woke up. Herlock said, what is the matter? What is the problem? He said, I can see the stars above me. What do you think that means? Herlock said, well, let me tell you about stars. Stars are big, flaming balls of gas. Some of them are planets. Some of them are suns. Dr. Foxy said, no, you idiot. That means somebody stole our tent. Sometimes it's so obvious we miss the answer. And when we look at the prophet of Oftentimes we get caught up in the contest with the bales, And a lot of times we get caught up in the fire coming down and we miss something obvious. And what's obvious inside of this picture is how to get back with God. How to get your relationship with God back. And some of us are missing that this morning. You might be missing that. And that's why you're not coming to church. You've been saying, I can't go to a church. All they're going to do is judge me. All they're going to do is say something about me. All they're going to do is look at me and say, started out this message by reading 1 Kings chapter 18. We began looking at just a particular verse where the prophet Elijah says, Hey, gather together the prophets. Gather them all together. He had sent for the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Eliyahu came to all the people and said, How long wilt thou falter between two people? you know what? That may be the question you need to answer today. How long are you going to falter between two opinions? Is God the Lord or what you're following in the world? Lord? The Bible tells us the
1: people answered them not a word. Not one word. That's what we're going
0: to on top of that. And now Carmel, 450 prophets of Baal are there. Now Carmel speaks in Jewish history. Speaks in Israel Crazy prophet. Now, if you know anything about Elijah, he's wearing a leather girdle, a leather belt. If you want to get deep into Hebrew, he's wearing a leather tolly. What is that tolly? That's a prayer shawl. He's got that prayer shawl over his shoulders. That's what made him so distinct. He eats locusts and wild honey. But now we know why he's not married. Amen. With, with that being said, though, Elijah is there. We got the prophets of Baal there, and the contest begins. And that takes us to our first point this morning. That takes us to the first thing you need to. Do it in your life. If you're going to, one, compare with spiritual warfare of 2024, or perhaps you say, Pastor, I need to get back to a right relationship with God. I am a Christian. I am born again. I am blood-caught. I am redeemed. But somewhere down the line, I took a taste of the world and fell in love with the world. I need to come out of my worldliness and get back into Godliness. How do I do it? Well, we need to start learning from the prophet Elijah. Elijah does the first thing that all of us we need to do. And that's identify the idol and confront it. Most of us need to start identifying what's taking our worship away from God. Can I ask you a question? What takes your worship away from God? Is it fame? Is it fortune? Is it humor? What takes the place of your worship of God? Is it fun time? Is it sleepy time? Are you one of those who says, I'm just too tired to go to church? Well, you better thank God that he didn't say, I'm too tired to go to the cross. I would do that all the time. I just don't want to get up. You know what? We have services at nighttime. You can come nighttime as well. You sure can. We're one of the last churches that still has a Sunday night service. Do you know why a Sunday night service was created in the first place? Because the world has started making people work on Sunday. That's how greedy we become. We started making people work on Sunday morning, and so the church said, "We'll create a Sunday night service so that those that have to work Sunday morning can come on Sunday night." That's why. That's why now, out of our own holiness, we started shaming people, saying, you're not there Sunday morning, you're not there Sunday night, you must not be as good a Christian as I am. You ever been there? But we're talking about What Elijah did. The first thing Elijah did was he identified the idol. What's the idol Baal? And he confronted it on Mount Carmel. He said, Come on, let's get it on. Let's get it together. And that's the first thing we need to do. If we're going to get back in a right relationship with God, we're going to get back on that pathway of righteousness, we're going to get back to walking His way, His goodness. We've got to start identifying what our idol is. And let me ask you a question What is your idol? You know what Baals are, they could be anything. Molex. They could be calves. They can be anything. Actress are all part of the Balaam. But what's your idol? Is it alcohol? Is it tobacco? Is it drug abuse, pornography? Is it anger, hatred, or just a good old-fashioned grudge? What's your idol? And how long have you been holding on to it? Because right now, God is calling that idol up on Mount Carmel. Let's get it on. How long are you going to hold between two opinions? Is that grudge God or is the Lord God? Of course, you know the contest happens. And I'm not going to read the contest for you because I think you already know it. You already know what happened. Elijah dares the prophets of Baal to get Baal to answer. They bring two bulls up there. He lets the prophets of Baal choose the bull they want to use. And they choose the best of the best of course. And they, getting ready to sacrifice that fool, they're calling upon the name of their false god, Baal. He doesn't answer. You know the story. They cry out. They scream out. They sing out. They eventually get to the point where they're cutting themselves. What a bunch of idiots, ain't he? True. They begin to cut themselves. The blood is flowing freely from them. Yet, he does not answer. You know why he doesn't answer? Because he does not exist. He does not exist. And that's going to bring us to our sub-point in part one. When you identify the idol, you need to start understanding that idol is make-believe. It's not real. Let me tell you something. If you're listening online, I hope this doesn't offend you. But at the same time, I don't care if it offends you. Muhammad is not a prophet. He's not God. He's an idol. Amen or oh me. Identify the idol and Start confronting it in your life. You might be letting witchcraft in your house. You might be letting something else in your house. Identify it for what it is and confront it like Elijah did. It's time for us to start doing that. It's time for the church to start doing that. In year 2024, we're going to be confronted with Islam. We're going to be confronted with Catholicism. We're going to be confronted with homosexuality. We'll identify it for what it is. It's just an idol, and it's only make-believe. Do you know why? Homosexuals have to go around saying, You gotta believe I'm a woman, you gotta believe I'm a man, because it's not real. Somebody say amen. It's make-believe. Identify it, confront it, and proclaim the name of the Lord over it. God never loses. We lose, God doesn't lose. Elijah identify that idol. What is your idol? Is it that I want to be mad at my husband for the next 75 years? I want to be mad at my wife for the next 12 minutes. What is your idol? You ever heard that old saying before? I know you've heard it before. You ever looked at a, a young man's phone call records? I got to see this. This is not a true story. it's funny, but I got to see some of this working in some of those law enforcement capacities. They took a look at a young man's phone records. The moment he spent with his friend on the phone, seven or eight minutes. Girlfriend, two or three hours on the phone. Mom, .3 seconds. <laughs> How much time has a husband been on the phone with his wife? less than one minute. My wife got tickling me yesterday. I was on the phone with one of my boys. She was like, how could you just say, okay, bye? I was like, just like that. Okay, bye. I don't want to be on that phone. See, I'm one of those people nowadays, if I text you, don't call me. Text me back. <laughs> That's where I'm getting nowadays. If I text you, text me back. Don't call me. In fact, I want to start calling people and like, Hey, you should text me. And then hang up on me. Man. (laughs) Confront the idol. Confront it. 1 Kings 18, we get the picture of Elijah confronting the problem. And the problem was throughout the nation. And church, our problem in the United States of America. I know we like to point our finger at homosexuality. I know we like to point our finger at drug abuse. But you know what our real problem is? The downfall. The breakup of the American nuclear family. That is our problem. We've allowed the family to be destroyed. We've allowed the government to redefine what a family is. When the Bible tells us what a family is. And the Bible tells us what we're supposed to be doing as husbands, as wives, as children, as grandparents. And we've allowed the government to change our role. We need to identify the idol. And we need to confront it. We need to identify it by name. It's a veil. It's an idol. Only make me. We need to confront it. Yeah, you might feel alone. Elijah did. You might feel like no one's with you. You know the time I felt the most alone in my life? I used to think years and years ago by walking into the the darkest part of the maximum security system. While the one and only officer there, and everybody else in that room, one of the troops. I felt so alone. And that's how that I feel most alone I've ever felt. Most alone I've ever felt. are we set up on a stage performing a funeral, or a family member, or the rest of the family stayed behind, weeping, and I felt alone. Until God sat down beside me and said, I will never leave. You know you may feel alone right like now, but God does not leave His children. He does not forsake His children. What you need to do, Elijah, is start identifying what the problem is in your family. Identify what the problem is in your relationship with God. Identify the problem in your relationship with church family, and get rid of it. Because we are about to go through some spiritual warfare. We need to identify that idol. We need to Let's move on. I'm going to run out of time here. Look, would be in verse thirty of 1 Kings eighteen. Then uh, Elijah, then who said to the people, "Come near to me." So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Look what Elijah said. He said, "Come near to me," that's going to take us to point number two this morning. Come near to me. You know what? A lot of times we can identify the idol. A lot of times we can identify the problem, and a lot of times we feel alone. But we forget the next step of restoring a relationship with God, and that's coming near to Him. Are you hearing me this morning? A lot of you say, Pastor, I need God to come near to me. No, 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 no. You need to go near to God. Look with me, please, at James 4, verse 8. Draw near to me, and I will draw near unto you. Look at what the Bible says. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Who does the drawing near? You do. Now, you might say, wait a minute, what about people who aren't saved? Well, you know, the Father draws them. If you're listening online this morning and you're not a Christian, and let me tell you something, brother or sister, you know whether you're a Christian or not. You might lie to me, you might lie to the church, you might lie to mom or dad, but if you're not a Christian, you know. If you are a Christian, you do know. You say, what's a Christian? Somebody who knows the voice of of the Son of God. And what He calls, we know our shepherd. Somebody say amen. We know His voice and we will not follow another. If you haven't heard His voice, you're lost. You need to get saved. you don't know His voice, you need to get saved this morning. You need to invite Jesus into your life. You need to repent of your sin. You need to receive Him as Lord and Savior. And you need to hear His voice. It's only his voice that can open the eyes of the dead. I can't do it. I tried. So will you. You've done it to your children. You've done it to the people you love. You've tried your best to get them to see reason. You can't get them to see reason. When they hear the voice of the Son of God, their eyes will open and they will know. Elijah says, draw near. Draw near. our point two this morning. Not only do we need to confront the idol and identify that idol, not only do we need to start preparing for spiritual warfare by identifying the idols in our lives, but the idols in a 2024 family life. You know what our idols are? Political correctness. Being accepted. Being popular. Being accepted. Being who I am, really. No, 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 no. What you need to be as a Christian is God's child and nothing else. We need to confront the idol. We need to identify what it is. Part two. We need near. Come near to me, says Elijah. Could you imagine all the people that were witnessing that? We don't know how many people were there. We know there's 450 prophets of Baal. We know there's Elijah. We don't know how many other people are there. But in my mind's eye, I see a truckload of people. They are there. They're watching. They are listening with interest. I mean, they, you can hear a pin drop in that sanctuary. I'm listening. I don't hear a pin drop <laughs> Amen. Amen. you go. Come near to me. It says, Elijah, come near. And these people came near. That's our second point this morning. Start drawing near to God. You've got to make a self-conscious decision. I want to be near God, and I know what I got to do to get near God. Well, you know what you got to do, Church? To start getting back to God's way. The Bible tells us in Psalm 119 that His Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We've got to get back to reading His Word. We got to get back to feeding on His Word. We got to get back to living His Word, teaching His Word. We got to get back of so, quoting His Word, even in public, we got to be people of His Word. Start drawing near to God. What's the last time you've drawn near to God? You might say, Pastor, I'm going through spiritual warfare right now. Well, draw near to God, honey child. Start drawing near to Him. Oh, Pastor, I can't get Him to leave me alone. Get off off your teacher and get back in the will of God. He sure will. The battle belongs to the Lord. Elijah felt alone. Do you feel alone? Do you feel like no one's listening to you? Nobody cares.
1: Nobody knows.
0: <laughs> do you feel like that? I bet you do. We've all been there. I've been there. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to something I've been before. Identify that idol confront that idol. And then you draw near God. You make a conscious effort. God, I want to be in your will. God, I want to repent of my sins. God, I want your forgiveness. God, I want to be back in your word. I want to be back in your house. I want to be back with your people. God, I want to be back with you.
1: Draw near.
0: Draw near. You know what else happened in the 30? That's the title of our message. You know what happens when we let idols take over things? The altars start falling down. You know that? They do. The altars of God start falling down. And you might say, I don't see any physical altars here. What have you falling down? No, no, no. I'm talking about When you start letting witchcraft in your household, when you start letting pornography in, you in your household, when you start letting hatred in your household, when you start letting drugs, alcohol, abuse in your household, the altars start falling down. They do. They start getting shaky. When you start letting it in, I start saying, well, it really doesn't concern me. I beg to differ. It's all about you. You start letting it in your household. When you become worldly Christian, when you become carnal Christian, what you're doing is let the altar fall apart. But so look what Elijah did. My Bible says, he says, draw near to me. And then
1: Elijah repeated.
0: fix the altar. Do you want to see God work in your life again? Then start repairing the altar. Are you hearing me? Start worshiping God again. Start making God reverent in your life again. Start making Him holy. Start making His Word important. Start making Him the number one point of your life. And now Prepare the broken altar. you want to see God work? story. I don't need to read it to you. You know what happens. After the prophets did all the praying, all the cutting, all the crying, and let me tell you, there's some funny remarks in there. If you read Hebrew, they cry out to Baal and some They Bring them out to You know what? It was like a Christian today saying, God let the cowboys win. It was funny. It was funny. They were saying, Oh, Baal, can you come? And Elijah wished mocks him. Perhaps he's indisposed. Perhaps he's out shopping. Perhaps he's on the telephone. Perhaps he's a little bit busy at the moment.
3: Yeah.
0: It's meant to be humorous. Of course Male doesn't answer. Why right doesn't answer? Because he ain't real. Just like Allah is real. Just like those witches and demons you're afraid of isn't real. Yeah. It's not real. That's the given power of your life. Don't you give them the altar in your life. Like just is strong near to me. You begin to repair the altar. You need to repair your relationship with God. How do you do it? What do you do at the altar? Hello, what do you do at the altar? Worship. You want to repair your relationship with God? Start worship. Start worship. I wonder if Elijah had some of today's modern songs he do? say it. Don't say I know you're going like, nobody knows. Keep <laughs> hope. No. no. I wonder what he was. say. I wonder if he say, all my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been oh so good. But when I wrote this song, I could hear the talk alive in my mind. I could hear him singing no one better. There's none better than you. you know that? And I was praying that today somebody would see me. There's no one better than you, Lord. There's no one better than you. And I can hear the prophet Elijah as he repairs the altar. There's none better than you, oh Lord my God. There's none greater than you. For you are the creator of that. you. And I want you to hear something right now, child. I want you to hear something. If you have become wayward, and you've become carnal, and you've become fleshy, I want you to know that every knee will bow before the Son of God and confess Him, Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Do you want to repair your relationship? Start confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and start living like He's Lord in your life. Repair that altar right now.
1: Right now. Repair
0: that altar. Elijah repair that altar. And in my mind's eye I'm saying, there's no one better than you, Lord. There's no one better than you. We know what we do with all. We know we've got to start identifying what the idol is. And you know, in the year 2024, we better identify the idols that are going to attack the local church. They're coming. They're coming to school today, we talked to about justice. You want to know what idols do? They unjustly apply the law. In other words, they take the law and apply it without justice. you think that's possible? You better think so again, because they do it all the time. The devil loves to do that. He loves to take God's Word and try to apply it to a situation that doesn't apply. Unjustly not only do we need to identify that idol, not only do we need to confront that idol, we need to repair that altar. We need to repair that altar. Start repairing, right now we need to draw near to him. He will draw near to us. Do you believe what God said? Do you believe what He said? If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Would you willing to draw near to Him this morning? But not only do we worship at idols, we can learn. I mean, not only do we worship at altars, we could. We can learn a lot
2: from altars this
0: morning. In fact, a lot of times we like to build altars and places altars don't belong. We do. We try to turn things into church at in our church. So yeah, you say, Pastor, where you get this there from the scripture? You don't have to turn there, but go with me in your mind's eye, Genesis 12. In fact, I think I got it on screen please. Maybe. There it is, Genesis 12. Look at me in 7 and 8. Then the Lord appeared to Abram. This is Father Abraham. And said, your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Now you need to understand the background of this. Just in the beginning of Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abram out of the Ur of the Chaldees and says, Abram, you need to leave your household, you need to leave your family, you need to leave your background, leave all that stuff behind you, and come to a land I'm going to show you. And Abram does. He walks through verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, and verse 7. He gets to verse 7, and God says, Right here's where you need to be, baby. Right here, I'll give you this land. And there you built an altar. That's right. He worships the Lord. Rightfully so. Correctly. Reverently. Fearfully, wonderfully. Then verse 8, he does what we all do. Hey, man. I want to go somewhere else. I think I could turn tonight's monopoly game into a church service. Hey man, can't church be me in the kitchen to say, Praise God, hallelujah. That, ch- that ain't church. Look at verse 8. He moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, and then he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. But notice God doesn't talk to you. Oh, he's built an altar, but God ain't talking. Some of you right now are saying at home, I've been I've been doing home church for the last 50 years, but God ain't speaking. Hello? Hello? You can build altars, but make one altar. You can make yourself any, you can kind tell anything into a church. Hey, I can make this into a church. I can make my fish in that moment into a church. Wrong. If it's not reverential, if it's not worshipful, if it's not about him and winning the lost, you ain't going to hear that voice. You ain't going to hear it? It's all about you and your comfort and your joy and what makes you happy. Then guess what? It's not about God. And you need to repair the altar. Abraham did. You know what happens to Abram? He moves on again and ends up with a famine in the land. And not only does he get a famine in the land, he did go into Egypt. And while in Egypt, Pharaoh takes his wife away. Do you want to know what the problem of America is today? We are losing our families because we've left our verse 7, moved to verse 8, verse nine, and now we're fighting ourselves in Egypt, and we don't know where to go or what to do. Well, I think we need to go back to rebuilding the altar. Somebody say amen. We need to get back to it. Our families are falling apart, and right now our government is trying to put laws on us unjustly. the newest one is we've got to have gun control. We don't need gun control. We need self-control. That's all we've ever needed. And we won't get self-control until we rebuild the altar of the Lord who tells us, Thou shalt not murder. Amen or oh me. I want someone else to give me a law. Well, that's what Abram did and Pharaoh gave him some laws. You want a Pharaoh in your life?
1: No. We do not.
0: God is the Lord. God is the Lord. Repair that altar. And get yourself back there. But you need to make sure that you're building the right altar as well. Remember, Abel went on to verse 8, built an altar. God wasn't there. Some of us do that all the time. I'm going to build an altar here. I'm going to build an altar there. I'm going to build an altar here. Hey, I'm having church in my car as I drive today. That was a great worshipful time. Was it? <laughs> yeah, we you know what I'm talking about. You say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't need to be in the building. No, you don't need to be in the building. Church. is not a building. The church of the body. The church of the body. But I want to tell you what the Bible says about the body. Remember in Hebrews 10, verse 25? The Bible tells us, neglect not the gathering together of the saints. Especially since you see the day what David's talking about? He And I know you can see the well. Not only do you see spiritual warfare coming, you see the idols. Identify me. Come near to God. Prepare the altar. Make sure you go the Bible. Let's take a look at the next one. Pick it out. You have to repair those correct altars. You gotta make sure you're doing what God wants you to do. Look with me now in verse thirty seven and verse thirty eight of First Kings eighteen. This is Elijah telling us what to do. You gotta identify the idol, you gotta confront the idol, you've got to draw near to God, you gotta repair the altar. That's something that we haven't done, even though we talk about it all the time. Every church does it. We talk about it all the time. Look in verse 37. What does Elijah do? Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you turn their hearts back to you again. You know what that is? You know what that is? You want to see God work again in the United States of America? Just a little while ago, we had a movement in Kentucky. And oh, how churches started embracing it. They said, oh, this could be the revival we've been praying for. Have we been praying for it? Look at verse 37. What's the next thing Elijah did? He prayed. He prayed. I want to draw near to God. I confronted the idol. I have identified the idol. I'm repairing the altar. And pray. I have to say, Pastor, I'm not a Christian. Come down the altar and pray. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, says Elijah, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, that you turn their hearts back to you again. Elijah says, God, send revival, bring them back again. And I believe that if one church, just one church in America, just one, and it could be Robertson Avenue, and you can join me in it, but if it's just one church will correctly identify the idols that are coming against us. Confront the idols as God's prophet. Stand up and repair the altar that requires us to be holy and reverent and worshipful again. And we will start praying and we will see verse 38, the fire of the Lord falls and consumes. is
1: amazing? Don't you see
0: God worship you? Start praying. Verse 38, the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. You know what? That water's amazing. How many pots of water was it? I know you read it. Four. Four. Oh, a lot of neat things come out of that number four. Don't have time to do biblical numerology with you, but I want you to watch something. John chapter 2 to come across another. Four of them. And people often ask, why are there four of them there? Maybe you know now. Maybe it's a picture. want to see God work? Have the altar. You want to see God, work? To see God work? Start praying. You want to see God, work? To see God work? Identify the height. Let
1: God turn the water back into life. Are
0: you missing those days in your life? When you were in the joy of the Lord? Those days in your life where you're in God's will, confront that island right now. Tell it, get out of my life. Tell God, I want you back to you. Pastor, one of those say, Pastor, I need to become a Christian. Well, we've got to pray. you got to pray. We started out praying. We started out, obviously, talking about prayer, talking about the Bible, talking about spiritual warfare. I want you to learn something a little bit about prayer. Prayer is a beautiful, wonderful thing that you talk to God. You know what else it is? It's God talking about you. Look at me in James chapter 1. Remember now, verse 5, the Bible tells us about what prayer is. Prayer was not some repeated, liturgical statement that we like to say all the time. Prayer is dialogue between you and God. Look here in verse 5. Many of you lack like wisdom, let him ask of God. I love James for that. Hey, buddy, if you need some smarts, talk to God about it. He likes the smart to smart and up. Let him ask of God, who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And look at verse 6. But let him ask of faith. There's no doubt. For he would doubt like the waves of sea given and by the wind. Let him ask of faith. But let not that man suppose that he will receive anything of the Lord. If you don't ask him faith, you're not getting anything. Verse 8 He's a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. You're not getting anything. So let me ask when you a question. faith? The Bible tells us what faith is. The Bible gives us a description of it. Look at me in Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Are you hoping for a right relationship with God, that's faith. Come on. Are you ready to get your relationship restored with God? Come on! That's faith. But you know, it's not all the Hebrews tells us. He says faith is evidence that things not seen. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of scared when I say things like this. You say, why, Pastor? God's perfect love cast out all fear.
1: Amen, it does. Why? Because it's amazing.
0: It's the evidence of things that I've seen. Faith is the evidence of things think It means to me. And in faith, we can see things. The other people don't. I'm not talking about saying through I'm not talking about knowing somebody's pictures. I'm saying you get to know what's going to happen. Why? Because we know that prophecy is being fulfilled right now. Why? Because we have faith. We know the tribulation and the Antichrist is coming. Why? Because we have faith. We see it because we have faith. We see it because we read our Bible. But that's wrong. We know that Jesus Christ is coming. Amen. Pastor, you saying, Pastor, I need that kind of faith right now. Evidence of things not seen. I want to get back to I know He's coming again. I want to get back to I know He's blessing me. I want to get back to I know He's leading me. Come on. Get it right with God this morning. Perhaps you're looking for a church home, and you're willing to be a part of what God is doing at Robinson Avenue. Or perhaps you need to follow through in baptism in your relationship with God, whatever that case may be. If you come this morning, let's pray I come to you now in Jesus' name. Know how thank you, Lord God, for your Word. I'm asking you to take charge right now and be glorified. for anyone that needs to come to know you as personal, Lord and Savior, anyone, Lord God, who needs to get their relationship right with you, so rebuild that altar. Let them come this morning. so in Jesus' great and mighty name, we pray. Would you come as we sing number 310? Would you come this morning? Don't forget, the fire will be meeting over in the fire room at 4.30 for our Easter Chantana, where the rest of the If you're interested in that, Meet us to at 4.30 over there. Come to the Sunday night worship service, 6 p.m. right there. So if you're too tired for the Sunday morning, come for the Sunday night. Go like this. Monday, Monday, right? Come and be a part of that Sunday night worship service. Next week, we'll continue our spiritual warfare look as we look at the three destinies. for you, right? And then we'll take a look at the three deadly deeds in a couple of weeks. I've had a lot of fun with it. So uh, pray for me, yeah. So, all right. With that being said, don't forget uh, Monday night, 6 o'clock. Why is that in the Bible? Bible study, you know, so come and be a part of that as well. Let's close in that word of prayer. And I want to remind you that just down the road at Hope um, Pregnancy Center, there's an open house. I'll come and be a part of that as well. Let's close in that word of prayer. I
3: ask our music minister, Brother Mark Willis, would you close us in prayer tonight?